Hi, and welcome to the Legal Innovation Talks podcast, where we have discussions with legal thought leaders from around the world in order to uncover the future of the legal space. I'm your host, Stephen Pulver. Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of the Legal Innovations Talk podcast. I'm so thrilled to have a friend and colleague, uh, Marlon Hilton, joining us today from Innovate. Um, does just so many things in this industry, and, and we're so excited to have him uh, on board. Before we start and dig into the convo, Marlon, why don't you give uh, just a quick high-level overview of Innovate in particular and, and what drives you to the world of legal innovation? Mm-hmm. So Innovate, Innovate, you know, a friend of mine uh, described Innovate in a way that that really stuck with me. And she said, you know, if if a top-tier traditional law firm and a really nimble tech startup had a baby, this is what it would be. And and so Innovate really is intended to solve a gap I saw in the market a, a few years ago um, for uh, a lawyer-driven, lawyer-led, um, you know, you know, law firm, technology company combo, delivering services in a way that's that's different. You know, that's that's more efficient, that satisfies the legal obligations, and and has the right kind of staffing models all baked in, into one spot for clients. So, what does that what does that look like in practice for I, I guess your your clients? What what types of services are they getting from from you and Innovate generally? So our, our focus is really on data and information and how we use that, particularly in legal proceedings, but also outside of legal proceedings. And, and our approach is really simple. We look at uh, you know, the legal process, the legal obligations that people have to satisfy. And then we look at the role that data or information plays in satisfying that those obligations. And then we think through how best ought in, in 2020 and beyond, how best ought people to be um, approaching the, the process of satisfying these legal obligations. Obviously, you know, the clear the clear answer heavily involves involves technology. And so we bring that that kind of um, infusion of the right technology with the right people and the right processes to, to different services that we deliver to our clients. Okay. Spe- specifically, we, we, f- we focus on areas like e-disc, pardon, pardon the, the rumbling, <laughs> it's, rumbling. It's, by uh, it's just the nature of, of, of these days. It's all good. Go on. It, it, it's a new world, man. I love it. Well, uh, yeah, all things considered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, so so areas like e-discovery, for example, in litigation or or regulatory proceedings, where where you know large amounts or not so large amounts of data has to be uh, produced, um, is is you know one of the areas where we 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 apply this approach with 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 you know g- good success. Another area is the contract management area, which we also focus on here at Innovate. Um, Information governance is a, is another area. Uh, so so we that that's where we've started and and innovate is, is rolling out in phases. So now we're focused on on the e-discovery and contract management and information governance space. 
because those are really low hanging fruit with respect to you know the you know handling data in in legal proceedings where there are legal obligations and there are better ways of handling that process and more efficient um, and more innovative technology that we can apply to those to those processes. Uh, thanks for that. I think it's very helpful. Uh, and now, of course, I have a million questions. So. Uh, in no particular order, as I'm hearing you say this, the one thing that, that I wrote down, the very first thing I wrote down was actually, uh, you know, you saying 2020 and beyond, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is unbelievable to me as I noticed to you, especially after looking at what each one of us are posting and talking about on LinkedIn, that whatever came before 2020, in my mind, is, is, is almost irrelevant. It's whatever is pushing us forward from this moment on. It's almost give, th- th- my perspective is that this is almost giving firms that uh, or practitioners or professionals that had refused to innovate kind of a second shot at, at being at the top of their field right from the start again. It's almost like Greenfield at this point. Are, are you noticing the same thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think I think it's it's such a fantastic opportunity born out of, you know, really unfortunate circumstances for for all of us. But I think you're right. I think I think this gives us sort of a, a, a reset point to, you know, if we choose to take the opportunity, we can we can really rethink how we do things in some very interesting ways that can be quite beneficial to our clients. And while, you know, before 2020, um, it, may, it may have been a hard sell for for some. You know, there there are people who get it and and you know are willing to to take the leap and and do it and do it right. Now with with what we've gone through in the last few months, it's not that hard a sell anymore for for even some of the the people for whom it would have been a, a hard sell. Uh, and so I think I think you're right. We we should grasp this opportunity. It's it's looking from this point forward. Uh, and what we do, you know, in some areas, the sky is the limit, in my view, in terms of in terms of what we we do or can do. Have have you noticed that decision makers have changed over the past couple months within organizations that you would have pre like, or new people have been brought into the conversation where previously they might not have? If if you kind of know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in in and who are those people? I, I'm I'm interested to know who those types of people are. Yeah, I think I think you know if you look across industries. So if we're talking about the legal sector right now, so you know you look at law departments, for example, and now you're seeing you know law departments undertaking initiatives that heavily include IT people or people with with strong with strong technology backgrounds to figure out for them what things look like going going forward in terms of what they do. Um, on the law firm side, you're you're seeing the same thing. Like firms that normally, you know, um, operate in in complete silos. Legal work is legal work. The tech stuff is supporting stuff that that happens somewhere, you know, off to the side. We see CIOs. We see um, you know young lawyers with with a strong tech background. Young lawyers with an interest in innovation being being brought into the fray. You know, and and to influence what what happens because that's actually needed in the, in the environment. Totally. Let's talk. So so we're talking a little bit about how the the types of people you're interacting with um, in the firm have kind of changed a little because m- rather than focus on the silos of accounting, legal, 
uh, you know, the business decisions, I'm certainly seeing as it seems like you're saying as well, that there's much more integration and, and there just needs to yeah. be um, because yeah. these silos are, are, are really non-existent in some cases. That's right. Have you, I would, part of what we love talking about on this podcast is mistakes that people have learned. And I'm not looking for necessarily mistakes that you have learned uh, or mistakes you have made. I would love to, to know offhand of just some learnings that maybe through your direction that clients have actually uh, realized ways that they've changed that once, once you've kind of provided that aha moment uh, that they kind of say, wow, Marlon, like, I can't believe we were doing this in another way. What's, what are some simple examples of, of things that you bring to the table when, you, when, when you're with these clients that they just say, wow, this was incredible. Thank you. The first one that pops to mind is related to the e-discovery space. And what generally happens in that space is sort of a, a, a haphazard, reactive kind of uh, approach where, you know, a piece of litigation lands or, you know, or uh, a regulatory proceedings proceeding is started. And what, what happens is, you know, people uh, copy some emails um, you know, by dragging and dropping or, or saving them somewhere and, caught and attaching them to emails and sending them to counsel. And, and that process rolls on. And, and as that process rolls on, people recognize that, oh, wait, uh, these emails have, you know, at the top of it, my email address sending it to counsel. Now the law firm has to figure out when they're producing that email, how do they not produce the, the thread showing it being forwarded from from the client to the to the to the to, to counsel for example um and when when what what we what we bring to the table is sort of a taking a step back and taking a global view of that entire process so a piece of litigation is reasonably anticipated what happens then and how does that step a step affect the next required step and taking a whole view of that entire process and right at the outset laying that out for for the client and helping them to understand what what needs to happen to ensure that that whole process is as efficient as it can be and that that whole process is is really using the right people and applying the right technology and showing them upfront the cost savings that can result from just simply stepping back understanding the process and 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 taking a, a, a global sort of view and approach of, of each phase of the process. And you have people, you know, towards the end of it go, holy crow, you know, <laughs> we've been through, you know, a hundred litigation, litigation filed before, and we've never actually seen this. That's, it's such a wonderful example uh, because it plays so well into so many of the things that we think about and talk about. Uh, both through the council and, and obviously um, at Minutebox, which is this this idea of the role of the legal innovator, which by the way, everyone is a legal innovator. If you're practicing today uh, and, and you've adopted no technology, you have the option. Any day you can become a legal innovator, right? But sure. the job of those at the forefront, at the front of all this, like yourself and others, our job is really to, to not just view the one, the one thing I had in front of us, you know, we need to compile all this documentation for litigation or even the first three steps. It's almost like a bird just flying across the field between different homes and, 
and being able to soar and see the entirety of the arc of where they're flying, right? That they've, they've moved just through so many kilometers. They've, they've, and, and they know, they know their destination, right? Uh, they know that they're flying down South or whatever it might be in, in, in the winter, that the job of the modern legal innovator and professional like yourself is to assist and work with clients so that they're not fixated on the item one, two, three, four, five, a it's let's look at the entirety of the process and mm-hmm. also have the faith in the person effectively conducting this orchestra yeah. that they know, they know where this, where this is heading. Yeah, that's right. So this is such an important piece um, because I'm sure there are people listening. In fact, I had a conversation with, with someone yesterday who was just looking for just general assistance on, you know, implementing legal technology, best practices, et cetera, et cetera. You know, what does this industry need to do to activate all of these people that are now just starting to look and become legal innovators? How do we, how do we rise up and be loud as a, as a, as a legal innovator community? This is, you know, to, to awaken possibility in so many of these, uh, in, in so many of these professionals who want to modernize. How do we, how do we do that as, as a community? I, th- I think first, you know, the, the, the greatest potential lies in approaching it as a community. And I think, I think there are a number of very interesting um, things happening already. Um, you know, one, one thing is what we're doing right now, like, you know, doing these podcasts, getting them out there, uh, getting the people who actually uh, understand the, the process of legal innovation and understand the landscape, know the players, know the technology, to be the ones to, to be ambassadors, to be you know, evangelists for, for legal innovation and getting the message out there. Education is, is in, in my view, often a huge piece of any, any change that we, any you know, fundamental change that we have taken that includes legal innovation. So, so podcasts like this, the Legal Innovation Forum, um, um, is is another. I know you're you're doing some interesting things, you know, with bringing the community together. Um, so, I think that's where it starts: organizing as a community and figuring out how we we educate those who are ready ready to go. A hundred percent. And even to add to that, uh, something we talk a lot internally is not only is there the education piece on those who, who are already in the legal industry, a huge focus, at least of mine and and ours is that huge percentage, you know, 95% of the population that doesn't even know legal technology exists. Right. That's right. And they, they love legal tech and they love the legal industry. They just don't know it yet. You yeah. know, they, they know an industry that has been stuck in a, in a way of doing things for centuries and all of that great tradition. You know, I'm, I'm, I've practiced myself. I know I, I love the traditions of law, but there mm-hmm. is a certain line where tradition just becomes repetition and, yeah. and communities like ours and, and others. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're pointing to that because I, I'm completely aligned. It, it is all about, uh, making our voices louder, making our voices heard. Marlon, 
where do you see, let's take out our crystal ball. Let's talk about Mm -hmm. two years from now. You know what? Let's make it even more fun. Let's, let's say, let's say five years from now. I'm glad you jumped to five because, you know, let's go to five years. Yeah. Yeah. The guys at Innovate will, will tell you that, um, on most days you will hear one thing from me in one context or the other. When we're solving problems, we don't solve problems as if we're solving a problem in 2020. We operate as though we're operating five years from now. And, And if we have that mindset, we should always be ahead of the game because the legal industry in my view is is so far behind in terms of how we use technology and and how we run how we do what we do um taking the taking the lead to say whatever we put together the basis of that is that that you know it's going to solve the problem today but really this should be this should be a solution that could be applied to any industry with the same kind of issue whether that industry is way ahead of legal or not so our, our focus is five years from now, that's the solution we want. What technology are we using? We, we, we don't want the version that's, that was meant for, for last year. Why do people like love even talking about legal tech as if it's so different than every other technology that's hit every other industry, whether it's prop tech, fintech, uh, music tech, we see everything. Is, is there fundamentally a difference? Of course, there are, there are many, many reasons why they're different. But I mean, at, at the macro, macro, high, highest of levels, is there a difference between legal tech and, and other industry tech? None. None. Exactly. None. At the macro level, none. But I think there are, you know, certain forces at play in the legal industry you pointed to one earlier traditions that are so deeply rooted in in how the profession developed that can be a hindrance to to you know development of of legal how do, tech and how do we how do we exp- just how do we collectively and it's more of a rhetorical question it, it's it's like how do we just keep pushing forward such that the traditions that are that are collectively important to everyone, you know, mm-hmm. honor, privilege to, you know, confidentiality, all the all those all those kinds of things. It, it, it seems like beyond just community to me is we need to have a louder voice yep. we need to we need to ensure that every single um, mention of. Uh, every single mention of technology and new companies n- needs to reference legal technology. I-, I can't tell you how many times I'm online and I see posts about other about fintech, prop tech, all these things, and legal tech is just not on there. Yeah, that's that's right. So I, I agree with you. I think I think as a community, our voices need to be a lot louder. Uh, but I do think there's there's strength in numbers, and that includes how strong our voices in in in, in the industry, in the, in the world. Right. And, and so I think the, I think we're gaining the numbers that, that will help to make the community voice loud enough to, to, to see the kind of changes that, that you're envisioning. Um, you know, we have the uh, more, more millennials now entering the, 
ent entering practice, people who, are, who grew up with technology, people who understand technology, people who are impatient with you know, inefficiency and not getting things done um, in, in the, the quickest, you know, most effective way, way possible. And as we have a phasing out of the old guard and a continued phasing in of, of the new guard, I think we will, we, we will see an increase in the numbers and an increase in the, in the, um, the loudness. I, I, I know there's a better word for that, but I don't know. Is, in the is, loudness. I, we've, we've been thinking about it too. I, I don't know. I think we, I, I think loud is loudness. Perhaps there is a better word, but I think we're getting at the same, the same idea, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I do think I do think with some generational changes, we will see some of that tradition being being redefined in a, in a way. Uh, but until then, you know, the existing community, I agree with you. We we have to figure out ways of being louder, like like other industries are in connection with the technology that that applies. And what are the, I think it's easy for me to to think and, and talk about the consequences, but what are the consequences if if this community doesn't rise up and 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 let their voice be heard and actually change like what what are the what are the consequences five years from now so i i think we're at an interesting moment right and and if the community does not speak up now we're we lose an opportunity to to push things along to what it should look like five years from now for for legal um so, you know, to your question, if, if the community fails to do that, then we run the risk of having, you know, our clients suffer, con you know, continue, continuing to suffer with inefficient approaches, not, not the right technology or no technology at all in some instances. Um, so, you know, the effect is we, we won't be as far ahead as we could be in five years. Right. And I think that that's, to me, that's not acceptable. And I know it's not acceptable to you, right? It's, Absolutely not. it's, uh, we are poised at a moment here. The date is, I think, August 19th, 2020, 19th. that we are recording this. And if you would have told either of us that this is what the climate would have looked like on August 19th, 2020, last August 19th, uh, we probably would have said that we were crazy. So I think yeah. as we kind of started off this conversation saying, or you had said 2020 and beyond, I think this now provides us and brings us full circle to this is why August 19th, 2020 today, just as yesterday was, is a brand new world for this. It's industry. a brand new world. And so even, even to your point, even, even launching, launching innovate the world in which we thought we were launching innovate isn't the world in which we launched innovate right and it's not it's not a bad thing for for innovate we just could not uh, have anticipated what we've seen in the last in the last few months Let, with, let's tease that out a little bit I, i'm interested to to hear what what the start was and and now what i mean we've heard a little bit about what it is now but I, i'd love to hear what the original kind of thought was uh you know pre-pandemic of course so luckily Pre-pandemic, our thought was no organization needs to be built on the assumption that you have to physically 
be in in a particular space every day to get work done uh, for for clients. Um, so we we were deliberately built as a digital company before you know before COVID hit. Um, COVID isn't or or a pandemic or or any thought of of anything of that nature isn't what drove that decision. What drove that decision was it's it's probably going to be painful. It's probably going to be a, a, quite a, you know a long slog for us, but we want to be on the on the front end of that because we know that it has to happen. It's a matter of time. Um, and then COVID hit, and suddenly the timeline in our head that was you know indefinite on some fronts, um, the timeline just suddenly became very clear that it's way sooner than you guys think, you know? Absolutely. I, I think we feel, we feel and felt the same way. To, to this part of the conversation, you were talking a little bit about the services that were kind of the low-hanging fruit. So you mentioned e-discovery, the contract yep. management pieces, et cetera, governance. Where, where is this going from, from here? Uh, what, what are the next steps? Where are you now trying to push uh, clients towards, or at least where do you think the innovate, you know, core offerings might change over the next, now we can get a little bit more micro over the next, say, six months to, to a year. Right. So six months, months to a year, we're, we're, we remain focused on the business lines that we're currently, currently developing. Um, in the, in the background, you know, we're, we're looking at pain points in, in these processes as we deal with, with data and, and mapping those, those to, to other areas in which we, we will roll services out, making sure that we capture all that knowledge because the second time around rolling this out on a new service line should be way easier, way faster, way simpler uh, for us. So, you know, right now we're focused on, on the contract management side, we're focused on a, a core group of, of clients that we're rolling this out uh, with. And, and what that looks like is, is this. So as we do on the other service line, we, we look at the right technology for, for the process. We pull together the right people and some interesting resourcing options to, to cut the cost of what company, how companies are handling their, their managing their contracts. And, and so innovate essentially becomes the contract management department for, for these clients from the, the initiation and negotiation and drafting execution of those contracts through the life cycle, managing the risk to, to, to the end of, of those contracts. And, and, and that's, litigation that's, as well as, as required, because you, ha you, you, you are, you have all of that in like the, the infrastructure is already all in place. Exactly. And that makes life a lot easier on once litigation hits because we now understand the business. Now, are you we know in, the data. now in these cases, uh, just so I understand, are you uh, an extension of a law firm for these types of services? Like, are you doing the actual work? Or are you just providing the, the platforms and the solutions for the, the, I shouldn't even say law firm, who, whomever your client is to, to actually go in and take the systems and implement the work and do the work. That's a good question, right? Because we, we're our structure. We're a law firm operating with an affiliated technology company. I understand. Okay. In in the Innovate Group, 
So, so the, the, I had an appreciated just to cut you off for one second that you're also yeah. providing legal advice. You're doing the actual work. Yeah. Okay. So that uh, quite clearly, and, and to me, I, I apologize if I missed that piece. That is such an important piece. You're actually not only putting the systems in place, you're, you're, and I don't just mean you, I mean, your, your team, yeah. you're, you're rolling up your sleeves and, and doing the work as a one-stop shop. That's unbelievable. That's right. Yeah. So, and, and that's, and that's one of the key differences for us, right? We, we, we have the processes, the technology, um, we provide that, but we also have the legal piece wrapped around that. Right. So it is, that's so I, I can't believe I hadn't actually appreciated that. That's, that's so great. So that um, you really do become that one-stop shop, but also such a pillar in the, in the way that, that firms can be managed and, and built around technology. Absolutely. You know, and an important point there, if I, if I may stick, stick that there is we're not, we're not, we're not a traditional litigation shop on the law firm side. Um, we're not a traditional law firm by, by any means, right? Our focus is on the ever increasingly complex area of data and information, right? And and most legal proceedings, um, at least at least litigation, at least perfect time. Air perfect air time. I like the, the damn air conditioning. Yeah, so, uh, especially um, in the litigation context, you know most legal proceedings will have a component that engages certain legal issues, technology issues and process issues around data and, and information. That's our focus. So we're co-counsel to, to litigators, for example, as opposed right. to editors. Right. Well, we, we certainly hope uh, that, that, uh, that, that continues because that is, that is unbelievable. Um, Marlon, this has been <laughs> such a, gr a great discussion. Uh, we've known each other i guess it's now been i think a year almost a year since uh the summit at fireside right yeah, yeah. so it's un it, it, it's it's unimaginable how much the world has changed in just a year uh i think we're both super excited um about where the future is taking this industry I absolutely love your commentary online and uh, we sh what we should do and what we've been doing with some other guests is actually booking in a time every six months to return onto the podcast so that we yeah. do a recap of, Hey, what's happened in the last six months. And yeah. we can use this almost like our own little crystal ball. When we look back in time and say, wow, those were our thoughts at that time. Things have changed. Yeah. Maybe we'll recap some parts of this discussion. So I'm sure it'll be before then, but if not six months from now, we're going to be back together talking legal innovation. Uh, I want to reintroduce and close this off by saying thank you to our guest, Marlon Hilton from Innovate. Uh, Marlon, any final words before we, we end this week's episode? Final word is I'm excited about, you know, where we're headed. Um, you know, there's still headwinds in, in the legal space, but, but it's an exciting time and I'm encouraging anyone who sees this to, you know, join the community, you know, help us to, to seize this moment to, to make some change that's actually quite beneficial for, for all of us, all the players in the, in the industry. Couldn't have said it better myself. Let's seize this moment. Let's get louder. Let's talk about legal innovation. Let's push and move this industry forward. 
Everyone, this has been another week's episode of the Legal Innovation Talks podcast brought to you by the Legal Innovation Council. Thanks to everyone behind the scenes who helps put this podcast together. Uh, if you'd like to join our community, you can do that at LegalInnovationCouncil.com. And Marlon, you're at Innovate.com? CA. .ca. Okay, we will post uh, all those links in the show notes as well. Marlon Hilton. Marlon, thank you so much for joining us. Let's do it again in six months. Thank you, Stephen. Looking forward to it. Can't wait.